for joining us on You Matter with the awesome ladies with me again. Um, you Matter is really about us getting together um, on our journeys, um, doing what we do, but getting together to collaborate and have these incredible conversations as you, Mars, right? And definitely in that process of the matter is about teaching uh, these legacies that we are up um, chasing and purpose-driven lifestyles that we want, but also just life, the experiences that we have. And the second T, which is touching, um, being able to touch other people's lives and and through the, the relationships we have, the established relationships that um, we've got going, um, and then moving into the educating piece, which is the knowledge sharing, which is the fun part, you know, about staying in touch. And I guess these conversations that we have as um, a lot of the time offline for that matter are conversations where we're kind of going, oh my goodness, that would be so awesome to share it with others, but in turn hear their opinions about that. So that knowledge sharing is really um, awesome. And then obviously into the revealing, which is the last R on matter, is revealing through problem solving and innovating, um, which helps us elevate and take us to the next level. And that's so exciting. What's also amazing is this started off with just offline conversations of like, let's do it. Let's not just have coffee and WhatsApps and uh, uh, Zoom calls and seeing we've already been doing, why don't we just get online and see if we can just make some noise and hence the much ado. And today being the new work order, right? Because last time we made a lot of noise about goodness, this new normal, what does it mean? And we were uncut. And we went all places with it. We just shared a lot about what was going on. What is as exciting too was that people gave their views, their input. And we were doing that as a once-off. Like, let's just go online and have fun. Um, and going yeah. live online on YouTube was actually the, the dare to be more on technology. And we pulled it off with a couple of glitches. Thank you to everybody, the amazing people that um, dialed in with us. Um, on the last one and stayed with us regardless of the switch in, um, in in codes going live. And this time we got it. We got it right. You know, you learn a couple and you do things. And um, thank you for learning with us and sharing with us. And so if you're joining us for the first time, um, I am Leah Kitolo. I am a talent performance strategist, um, all things learning performance. And I am also an inspirational speaker as well as a brand activator. With me today, I have the very the girl next door, Zama Basu, who is the founder and director of Za PTY Limited. Um, Za is a renowned facilitator for change in people and organizations, and she's phenomenal at what she does. Um, and welcome live, Za. And so I guess hey. we're going as. Um, we see each other all three on screen, but you'll see us pop in. So Zah, when you pop in to say hi, um, just start off with Zah so that everybody knows which one's the girl next door. And then also online is the outstanding and phenomenal Nokwazim Zobe, who is the founder of uh, Matoyana Media and the author, the author of Small Business Handbook. Um, all ethics and startups, uh, if you want a good business grounding and ethics about getting your business right and just finding things, tools, processes that help you get it right as a business, this is like the book to keep next to your office bedside table. <laughs> so welcome, ladies. 
And with that, I'm just going to let you say a quick hello each um, and, and just pop in there in, in case I left anything out in your intro. So we'll start off with um, Zah. Zah, do you want to say hello? Hi, guys. Hi, hi. So you've already introduced me. I'm Zah Mabuto. Leah, you need to get my surname right. Okay. Mabuto, what did I say? I said Mabatu, sorry. Mabatu, if you're watching, it's your fault. Mabuto. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm Zama Buto, and I am an entrepreneur at heart. Um, mommy, girl next door, a sales and business coach. Um, and yeah, I I have loads and loads of entrepreneur. Sorry, and entrepreneur. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, <laughs> I'm a strategic. Um, transformation executive within the sales CRM operations space and my passion has always been all things people and leadership and I am the girl who has spent all of her life being told to fit in um, don't stand out too much don't be too loud sit down and I've always been different and now my passion and journey in life is to tell people that it's okay to be different be who you are and when you find who you are and what your passion is you will shine and yeah that's me and i look forward awesome. to spending time with you this evening. i love it i love it thank you Zah. uh no quasi do you want to jump in there and say hello yes so hi everybody my name is no and um I am the founder of Matoyana and Matoyana Media and really what we aim to do is to help individuals, freelancers, creatives, small businesses um, just gain the right knowledge that they need in order to succeed in whatever venture or creation that they are embarking on. Um, so nothing special to really point out, I would say. I'm quite an introvert, but if you get me talking on something that I'm really passionate about, then it's very difficult to, to stop me. Yes, so I'm looking forward to this chat and to getting to know everybody on the call. Ah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Nokwazi. And joining us so far, people are dialing in, tuning in. Judy Ditchfield, you are not late. You're just joining in Um as we say, our hello. So Judy, uh, thank you for dialing in. We're excited. Um, and you are doing exactly what we need you to do is just type in your comments on the site. If you're dialing in and joining us, just type in your comments um, or a question that you've got for us. And if you've got it directed at any one of us specifically, then do that. Or if it's just a general comment, I'll push it out there and uh, we'll see if we can have a conversation around that. You know, I, I hope I'm gonna say this right. and, and Zaz already lectured me about getting name wrong. Nonyameko, Magnida. Hi, girl. Thank you so much for dialing. We appreciate it. So today, the whole new work order aspect and what is this about? So one of the things that happened when we dialed in last time is we got a whole lot of people saying, that's awesome, ladies. We liked it. We liked it, right? And it was, but can you be a little more specific? Because we actually want to hear a lot more about some of the... Um, the things that you girls or ladies are experiencing in your business and in your clients. And so there were a couple of things. And uh, if other things come up in question, we'll, 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 we'll go there as well. But specifically, some of the things we're looking at is if I have a business, what have I done and what have I set up 
that I need to be looking at to finesse in my businesses today? Or if I'm about to start up, what are the things that I start up with? And am I starting a business or am I an entrepreneur? I'm not even sure what I should be doing out there. So that's the first kind of area we're going to go into, you know, um, managing clients. How do I get clients? Do I, how do I structure my business and that kind of thing? And then we're going to go into, so if I've got my business structure and the model of my business right, and I'm thinking clearly, my ethics are sound around how I'm managing my business, I had this concept, but now I don't know what. And I'm panicking because this is a whole new world. Or things have changed so much with this new normal, if you will, that I'm trying to figure out what's the right direction. Should you be doing it all alone or should you consider a cook? It is a trend and a thing today. Coaching is everywhere. The question is, what's the right coach for you in business to help you um, move your business or move strategically as an individual to actually producing the results that the business that you're in requires. And with that is questions that you'll drop in, tell us what you're thinking um, and, and stuff like that. And that's the order that we've got. Did I leave out anything, ladies? Uh, was there anything else that may have been directed at us that I may have left out in terms of what we're going to do today? I think the specifications on what agile means. Yes. Yes, what new world order, right? Like, yeah. um, what what specifically, you know, do I? What does agility look like? And it's like such a buzzword. Much ado about agility, and how do I? How how am I supposed to be agile, right? Um, Irene, thank you for dialing in. Girl next door, she's hollering at you. Thank you, Irene. So, with that, it's. I'll start off with just where I'm at in in terms of. Yeah new business sales and new work order. I think there's this buzz that's going around with the sense of it's it's a new world and things are changing and things have changed. And I wonder if it's so much that, or rather an equilibrium that we need to find. And we talk about equilibrium, I'm talking about, is it possible that we are looking at the ability to Look at what was old, what worked, what doesn't work now, which is the new now normal as per se, and what do I need to fix now as a business? What do I need to restructure in what I'm doing? But not get stuck in the new normal, but prepare for what is new, what is future. So I've got what's working, what hasn't worked, what do I need to fix, and what do I need to look at? And these are, I think, the things that we need to continuously look at and continuously play out when we are... Um, as individuals and then plugging into our business. And, and, and I don't know that the two are separate, uh, are separate and that you have to just kind of find the, the, the flavor and the flex in that. Um, and some people will say, but is that to entrepreneur or into organization? I think the same. If you're in an organization and there's a culture and there's a deliverable, it's reshifting your mind and saying, how do I plug in so that I'm bringing value to the organization, the strategic intent that we have to put out there? I think these are uh, a, a mix and the ingredients that we need to be considering. I want to pull in the ladies here um, on uh, thinking as well is one of the things that I've found that doesn't work the old way and I've had to restructure is the old way was get a cup of coffee and let's talk about 
possibilities of what's going on in your world if I'm coaching and in your world if you're a business and what are the things that I can come in and help do for your organization. Now, I'm trying to get a minute in onto that Zoom Connect because everybody's got back-to-back -back Zoom sessions or online sessions, um, team sessions, uh, whichever platform that you're connecting on live. There's a lot of that going in, and I'm trying to get myself in there to generate business opportunities, consulting opportunities. And that's been a little challenging for me. And so when I pull in the ladies, I'm going to pull in Nokwazi first and say, so Nokwazi, is it possible? that this is where we start to go wrong first. I mean, we may have business processes in place. We may have a couple of things that we have established as a business. And, and, and for some of us, it's working. What, in your experience, what have you seen and what would you recommend? And what are the things we should be thinking about when we model our business or our teams in terms of how we work? What are the things that we're not doing right? What are the things we should consider doing right in terms of modeling what we do as a business? Okay, so it's a good question. I think for me, the first thing there is that um, what I tend to see is that a lot of the times people don't even understand what their business model is. So, you know, before trying to say, what, sh what should I do? What am I seeing? I need to understand what exactly is my business model. So um, I think that's the first place to, to start. I think people need to sit down and really interrogate, for example, I mean, the simplest way, like who is the target customer? What am I offering? The value proposition. How am I doing that? Which is the value chain. And, and then what is my revenue model? Right. So can you answer that for your business right now? And then... If you can't answer that, you need to spend time to really, really understand so that you really understand the ins and outs of your business and how everything kind of joins together from a top line level. So for me, I think, I think it starts there because what tends to happen is that we tend, especially when we're starting off, we will tend to look at the existing model out there. So if I'm going to be opening a restaurant, I will tend to look at the existing model of what restaurants exist out there. Or I'll tend to, to look at the existing model for opening up a boutique store and, 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 and try copy that. Um, whereas I feel that, you know, we, we almost need to be innovative and creative about what we are building so that it doesn't necessarily have to look like what already exists we need to create something that differentiates us and and makes us different from what from what already um, exists out there so i think for me it, it, it starts it starts there and, and because once you are able to answer that then you will know you know um for example right now right you know this specific customer that i have where are they sitting so for example um, a big part of my business model is working on projects in townships. And with the shift to COVID-19, right, with more of my corporate clients and my business school clients, it was very easy. We moved on to Zoom, like, the next day. But for my project, right, in the township that has 22 women who run small businesses, first thing we had to do was do a refresh on how 
how they should use this um, their smartphone as a computer. Um, and then we had to provide them with data. And then we had to teach them step by step on how to do one of the online courses that we had. So, you know, it wasn't an, as easy as, okay, now I'm going to take my existing business model and move it online. It was like, oh my gosh, so for this particular project, for this particular customer base, this digital business model will not work immediately. There's a whole lot of things I need to change in my way of working and a whole lot of additional costs I need to add in in order for me to be able to do that. I'm not, so I'm not sure if I fully answered your question. Yeah. You're mute. You're mute. There we go. Can you hear me now? Yes. Super. So I th that's absolutely um, the question answered. And I love it. Am I hearing right when I'm hearing you say a lot of us start by looking at what's there, almost like mirroring what's already out there. And so we could be copycatting what's wrong. Yeah. What's interesting about that is it plays off two directions here because we're playing off on an entrepreneur business stance and we're playing off team dynamics in a business context as well, being a quasi. And so my, my, my first one is in the entrepreneur space, you're then copying everything that could possibly also be wrong. And so your business may not necessarily uh, have the same results and requirements that the other business that does what you're doing similarly needs. And, and so you're already starting off on, on the bad footing there. And then there's the other side, which is if I'm in an organization and I'm in a team, am I hearing you saying I'm bringing whatever I had? copying and pasting into the new team and I'm possibly causing chaos and we are all doing that. And so we're already starting on a bad foothold. Is, is that correct in me translating it that way? Cool. So, so from a team perspective, um, I mean, I guess some of the principles apply. Um, you know, I always think of my days in corporate um, when we got a new GM or a new CEO um, that have that first 100 days where they would say, let me come in, let me not change things, let me get to know the organization and study and then add value. And, and for me, I think from a team perspective, I think it's, it's, it's about coming in, getting to know the team, understanding the team dynamics, and then coming in with the changes or, what you, you know, that you can, you can add to the team. So I'm not saying don't participate and, and do everything that you need to do, because obviously you need to come in and, and be able to add value. But I think there's wisdom in coming in, understanding, getting to know, and then influencing um, versus trying to change. I think, I think that's the key thing. It's not about going in and changing, but it's more about influencing based on what you see and based on where you can add value to the team. Thanks, Nokwazi. That's great. Zah, do you have questions for Nokwazi or comments that you want to make there? Um, I think just um, some comments. Uh, for me, it's I think the 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 comment of how do you dif differentiate yourself from from the norm has um, I think become very important in 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 where we are right now. Is 
yes, it's good to start a business because everybody's doing it, but how are you going to do it differently that you're going to be able to move customers from where they're already at? And also, I think the thing about um, understanding who your customer is. So if this is your customer, is the base big enough for you to even create this business, to put in all these expenses to start a business and then only to find that, okay, Okay, my base is not as big as I thought it was. So it's also looking at the saturation levels. Is this market saturated or is it um, something that I can also still go into and make money out of it? And I think the other question to ask is, is it, is it a sustainable? Is it a sustainable business? I think we need to, as entrepreneurs, sometimes differentiate between are we starting a business or are we starting a project? And the reason why I say that is, is the business is supposed to be long term and it's supposed to be sustainable so this is my one year my six months plan plan my one year plan my two year plan and it changes as we go along or is it just a product a project that this is what's needed right now and i'm going into this and as soon as you know i can no longer supply or i can no longer deliver i'm out of there and if that's what then you're doing and that is what you're going into doing then i think the emotional levels need to be different you need now to know, okay, it's done now, separation, time to go. So I think those are some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves. Is it a business or is it a project? Is it a once-off or is it something that I want to create as a sustainable business for, for as long as I can? So I think those are just some of the points that I wanted to add in there. I love that, Zai. It almost provokes the thinking around... I love the way you brought in, is it a business or is it a project? I almost feel like a lot of the things that I do sometimes, it starts off for me to feel whether it actually will result in, 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 in something that's tangible and that can yield results is it has to be a project. And then once I've got the project going, then I literally have a, a, a product or a service that I can plug in to my business. Yeah. So. I guess the question there, Nokaz, is where does that fit into modeling? Can, is that chaos? Is there a process that one should be thinking about when we when we do things like that? Or, you know, and, and what are, I mean, maybe some examples from you and uh, Zar about how you've probably modeled that correctly. Because I just test things out. I wake up in the morning and I go, mm, that sounds like a good thing and it sounds interesting and I want to like challenge myself to the next um, paradigm. I, I don't want to stay stuck. And so I just test a lot of things and then I eliminate all the things that are draining me or all the things that aren't working. And to Zah's point, that could possibly then be project elements and the ones that stick. <laughs> it's almost like you've got a wall. I think somebody gave this analogy once. You've got a wall and then you just shoot mm -hmm. like all the dust and see which one sticks, right? So I put out all of that to talk, and I think that's what keeps me current and keeps me um, fresh in, in my product and my service offering. If it's not working, why hold on to it? Why, why switch it? Just ditch it. Um, is that thinking correct um, in terms of having the right ethics and business structure in an entrepreneur world? Um, I guess that's where that would sit in a question, um, Nokazi. So I think, uh, like for me, you know, whether you want to call it a business starting off or whether you want to call it a project, right? I think what you're going to find is that as you work on this over time, you will see, as you said, whether it's something that's sustainable and that will stick 
or whether it's, it's, it's something that's not relevant. But you've got to start somewhere. And so that's why, you, you know, when you start to look at lean startup, agile thinking principles, minimal viable products, right? It's, it, it's, it's about what's minimal. So I have an idea. I, I, I want to bring this type of shoe to the market, right? So am I going to invest and go look for a million rand to start it up? Or am I going to treat it like a project where how can I bring this in? How can I test it in the market? How can I get the response from customers? Do customers like it, not like it, right? And even see if I can even have minimal viable revenue, if I can put it like that, right? So I've got the product, I'm testing it in the market, I'm getting the response from customers, and then I'm like, okay, so now is the response positive? Yes. So then what do I do next? Is the response negative? Okay, so the response is negative. Why is it negative? Let me understand and how do I pivot? Um, and so for me, by, by thinking about it from, from that perspective, right, what are you actually doing, Leah, is that you're not over-investing, right? So for me, it's the, it's the whole principle of starting small, right, or, and, and, but thinking big. And also being, being really agile in how you, you operate. So you're responding quickly to what's happening in the market. So in a sense, I was just listening to a podcast earlier on where the guy was saying that, you know, what's great about, about startups and small businesses is that they're not coming in with this huge, you know, um, systemic thinking of an organization of, you know, I'm going to launch this new product and I'm going to invest have so much capital investment and all of this, right? He was just like, if you want to be um, a podcaster, you got to ask yourself, what do I need? I need something where I can record, right? And maybe I need some open source um, platform where I can put up my recording and then I can share it on social media. Now, if you think about it, it's as simple as that. It's a mini project. And you, you spend a few hours, right? You record, do your recordings, you host it on um, SoundCloud under the free version, and then you share it on, on Facebook and, and Instagram. There, you've got a, a, a podcast and you've got it out to the market. And guess what? Now you can test whether people are responding to it and, 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 and then see how you can improve as, as it goes and how you can grow it. And if you see that, shucks, the market is not responding at all, maybe just see what response you can get so that you can continue to pivot and then see what will stick. Thank you. I like how you've glued it together for us. Um, I think that there's, some of it is just out there. We just kind of like second nature or competency mindset just kind of goes, I know it, I'm doing it, but there's structure and the thinking and the logical order and how we're sequencing our business so that as Zah said the last time we're not just busy for busy but we're actually busy and we can actually tie in why we are being busy what are we being busy about and this project that i'm starting does it actually is it is, am, am i just lots of projects and no business or am i actually running a project that then syncs and links to my business if you're dialing in now lots of people came in Thanks so much. You got no quasi and Zah on the line. I do apologize. I forgot to say we are fortunate, unfortunately, or regrettably, couldn't have Mary online due to technical difficulties today. 
Um, so um, she's wishing us all the luck and and um, thank you for for dialing in if you can, Mary. But yeah, she couldn't have uh, she couldn't be online with us today. If you have any questions and if some of this is um, sinking in for you and kind of like this is what I'm doing or not doing. So if you have any comments or if you have questions for us, please um, put them into the comments box. I would appreciate that. And if it's directed at any one of us specifically, we'll answer it. Otherwise, any one of us will take a go at it. But thank you so much for dialing in. Nokwazi, thanks for putting bringing in the aspect of agility um, on you know, the whole concept of new work order and what we're doing and we need to be flexible. It's so current. There's also the element of, you know, is the project project or uh, uh, work that I'm doing viable? When we start going, we get chaotic. And right now, the times and the waters are so uncertain. Za, I want to pull you in here at this point and ask the question. So at what point do I engage a coach and why? And what will a coach do for me in this regard? You know, we have... I think, I suspect, and I, I, the, the world today works on the whole point that I get a coach because business, if I work for an organization that invests in me, gives me a coach, fantastic, I've got a coach. As individuals, how many of us actually take the time to get a coach, that we all need a coach, but we're just not clear, what does the coach do for me? Um, where will the coach guide me? Some scary things that I hear sometimes is, ah, my coach gives me some great advice financially. Now, if your coach doesn't have a financial background or certification to help you with your finances, I don't know that you should have that coach meddling with your finances. <laughs> so being clear that there are various numerous coaches, but what does the coach on the background have to back up what they're coaching you for? And I think this is the question I have, Zai. I don't know what I'm doing at certain times. I have a business, I have projects. Where do I engage a coach? And what's the right coach that I get to engage? Okay, sure. That, that's a tough one. Okay, so we all need a coach. At any stage in our life, we need a coach. I mean, for the very nature of what a coach is all about, we've needed coaches from the time we were, we were born, our mothers acted as coaches. When we went to school, we had sports coaches, our teachers, acted as coaches so at what stage in our lives do we need a coach at every stage but i think the thing is that coaches differ according to the stage that you are in in your life and also you might need different coaches for different things that is why you have financial coaches Zara can never be a financial coach because she does not have a cooking clue on investments on the latest in investing and in doing a b c and d so you wouldn't pick Zara as a financial coach but would you pick Zara as maybe a business coach you might because she has run several businesses that have been successful she has been in leadership roles that have proven to be successful would you pick Zara as a relationship coach yes or no because maybe um she is married or has been married or so we have different coaches for different things you cannot have one coach that coaches you in all aspects aspects of your life that because coaches are not are only human right and we all have different experiences and different qualifications and so if you are a tennis coach you would pick the coach that has been successful in having lots of their um coaches play in Wimbledon right 
So the same would apply to picking a business coach. What experience do they have to be able to say, you know what, this coach can take my business, possibly advise me to take my business to the next level. Because what we've got to understand is the coach doesn't do the work. And this, this, this is the misconception that people have they think if i get a coach the coach is going to fix me and fix my business and i'm going to make a five million rand it doesn't work that way the coach guides you and advises you you need to do the hard work you need to go into the trenches and apply some of the principles some of the guidance that your coach gives you for your business to be successful if you are taking on a relationship coach you need to see what is their track record what is what do their relationship look like what do, does their marriage look like and also to find out whether there is a fit because there are some times where maybe your principles and their principles are total opposites and then there is the first clash that you will have so okay fine this person is a success is a success but their background what are their guides principles and do these principles fit into what i believe in what i value so do we need a coach everybody needs a coach the most successful ceos in the world have coaches but they have different coaches for different aspects of their lives i hope that answers the question yes You're yes uh, it answers the question and it leads me to my next question. I love that. A coach for everything. So I have a couple of questions about a coach for everything. Life coach, business coach, uh, sport coach, fitness coach. How much money? I'm, I'm, <laughs> if I'm an entrepreneur, how much money am I putting up for coaching? Like my whole world starts to be a coaching experience, right? That's number one, the money aspect. Né? Number two, is something that I'm in another group and somebody brought up and I started to think about that. Is, is you know, are you coachable? Never mind that you're a coach, but are you coachable? Because I have had instances where clients have come in and there's moments where I'm going, uh, and, and there's a reason why my first consultation is usually a free one. I give 30 minutes free consultation because there's got to be synergy. There's got to be a chemistry. There's got to be, uh, 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 am I the right coach for you? Because I need to understand why you are looking for a coach. Uh, some people just hear the word coach or like who you are in your presence and they kind of go, this is my coach. And I usually try and figure out if we are the right fit and if I am able to assist you. And then the question comes in, is this person coachable? Or are they here to use me as a sounding board? Because there's a difference between... <laughs> um, seeing a, a psychologist or a therapist, which is a medical type coach or a, yeah. and it's plugged in with medical requirements where I am perhaps the business coach and I'm very strategic about pushing you and stretching you to seeing the results that you want. But is the individual coachable? Um, thank you for yeah. the comment from Jeremy. Jeffrey, who uh, makes a comment about, you know, we never think about the whole coaching aspect and Zai, you're doing a great job giving us some feedback. And I've got a question that I've just raised for you in terms of, you know, is it how much money do I spend and am I coachable? Yeah. And then I'm going to pull in Nokwazi and, and see if she's got questions there as well. Okay. All right. So how much money are you do you spend? Well, the question the I think for me the answer to that is you've got to have priorities. 
you certainly can't get, get a coach for every aspect of your life. Where is your focus right now? And where your focus is, is the place where you should get a coach. It's like um, if you are um, setting goals for your life and you have eight goals that you need to achieve, you need to take it one bite sizes at a time. Because if you are to say, I am going to try and tackle all these eight goals at once, you're going to fail because you are not going to be putting the attention that you require on every single one of those eight goals at the same time. So it is what is priority number one? What is priority number two? And focus on those things and get a coach for that or for those two things. And as time moves on, then maybe you need another coach for something else and another coach for something else. You can't be having eight different priorities, eight different coaches at once. It just doesn't work. The second um, um, think comment you made was, is everybody coachable? And I'm going to be honest with you, no. There are some clients or prospective clients that I've actually had to sit down with and say, one, I don't think. Sometimes you can't say you're not coachable. Sometimes you can and be honest enough if the person is receptive enough to say, at this moment in time in your life, I don't think it is the right time for us to have coaching conversations because of A, B, C, and D. So I'm going to rightfully walk away. Or secondly, you can just say to them, you know what? I don't think I can be your coach right now and recommend somebody else if, if you can. But the truth is there are people that are not coachable. I remember when I was young, my mom used to say that to me a lot in, in, in vernacular in, in, in our language where she used to tell me that you cannot be told anything because, you know, there is that thing at the back of your mind that tells you, I know everything. So if you've got that type of person sitting in front of you who, who kind of like has this I know everything attitude, then that person can't be coached. And yes, I mean, I all the good coaches usually have a free session to find out whether you can work with that person or that person can work with you and whether there is that synergy and the chemistry. Because if that synergy and chemistry is not there, then that's not a good fit and that's not a good coach for you. I hope I've answered the, the questions that you, you've asked. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Nokwazi, um, do you have any comments and or questions that you want to throw at Zah at this point? Uh, before you get going, Irene makes a comment and she says, a coach should be a subject matter expert. The focus exactly. is development of individuals to be specific um, in their specific areas. And on the back of um, Irene's comment, I want to ask and throw in, and I'll, I'll pass it on to Nokwazi. So make a note of this question as well, Zah. My question there is, um, on the back of Irene's comment is, if I'm a subject matter expert, does that also mean that I need to be a success at that? So for instance, I, uh, you want to start a restaurant. What does subject matter expert mean? Does it mean that I have a successful business as a restaurant? Or am I a uh, subject matter expert um, professional on restauranteering uh, or business of, of uh, food and catering? What does subject matter expert mean? Um, and what do I need to be successful at that? And then, Nokwazi, you could go.
No, Kwasi, you're still on mute. Do you, do you have any questions or comments for Zah? Apologies, I thought she was going to answer the question first. Um, so I think for me, it's just two things um, that I like at the angle about the person seeking coaching. I think one, the person has to be teachable. And, but I think in, in that sense, it starts with you. You know, um, starting off, at, like what I tend to see is that on programs where the corporate is saying, Leah needs to go for coaching, or you, you're working with entrepreneurs and the program is being designed that, you know, the, the entrepreneur should go for coaching. And I find that normally in those contexts, you find that it's quite problematic because the individuals may not be in the space where they are teachable or where they are receptive to coaching. So um, I think it really starts with, I think, some, a lot of in, introspection and saying that, do I really, what do I need? And, um, and then who can help me with regards to improving this? And then when it really comes from you, 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 are, you are willing to, to invest that time and you're open-minded and teachable in the process. Handing over to you, Zah. Okay. So the subject matter expert one is, um, I think that depends on, on, on the type of coaching that you're going to need. Um, the, if I use my tennis um, analogy once again, the best tennis coaches were not necessarily the best tennis players. They have the knowledge in the skill of how to produce the best tennis players, but they're not necessarily tennis players themselves. And that, that's what we need to, to, to always remember. The best millionaires have coaches that are not millionaires. Doesn't necessarily mean that your bank balance has to be the same as the person that you're coaching. There has to be some element of knowing what you are talking about. That makes you a subject matter expert. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have run the same business or have had the same success as the other person. You will find that with most people that are actually the best coaches are not known for being the best in that subject, if you get what I mean. The best people to coach you in writing a book might not necessarily be the best published authors. And what I tend to see is that the best people at anything actually don't make the best coaches you cannot ask the best tennis player to actually coach you to be a tennis player because you don't know how there has to be some element of having studied to be able or having researched to be able to coach people to do a certain thing that's what makes you a subject matter expert so that's the one point the other point i wanted to talk about was you know, when you spoke about when organizations or people always tell you i think needs a coach. Most of the time it's because you're going through a difficult patch or because they consider you to be a difficult one, a difficult employee or a difficult manager. That is the mistake that we make in thinking that only when people need to be fixed do they need coaching. What happens to the people that are actually good at something? They also need a coach for them to be great at it. And that is something that we always need to remember. That's why I said right from the very beginning, everybody needs a coach. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Yes, maybe the 
difficult ones, you need a coach for them to understand themselves to get to a certain level. But the good ones also need a coach for them to be the best that they can be. I love that, Zah. You know, everybody needs a coach so that they can be the best that they can be. Um, and, and those are great questions coming in from Milkazi. And I guess the next part that I go into um, is, is, so if I am sitting in a, in a context where I have a business and I model it right, um, I get the right coach in place, that's great. Best scenario everything is good and I can afford one. That's, that's the other thing. But today, this new work order and agility is also the, the, the reality is people are losing their job. Um, and people are having their businesses shut down because either products or services are no longer relevant. So the agility question here, if we come back to that whole being agile, is do I look for another job? Do I start a business? Do I start a project? Do I get a coach? What does agility look like? And, and seeing we start off with the aspect of project and, and business, no quasi, I'm going to throw that at you for now. Well, Leah, that's, that's a loaded question um, because I think it really starts with where the person is at. Um, so if you've, if you've lost a job, right, um, can you get another job? That's, that's the first question, um, in what you've done. Um, so are you looking to get a job just to get money and to, to cover your bills or is it about building a career? So I, I think for me, you know, it really starts there, you know, do I really want to run a business? Right. So I think that's also a question. Am I do I have the mindset and do I have the personality right to to do this? Um, and so that's that's something that you have to think about. So I, I can't say here that if you're losing your job, go go start a business or go look for this. It, it really starts with what do I need right now and and how and how do I respond to that? And. Um, and what can I do? So, you know, can it be then that I've got these certain skills that I have been using in corporate and maybe I can add value to somebody else right now whilst I don't have money and then I could get some sort of income from that. Or I think sometimes we always think um, money, sometimes it could be some sort of value exchange. Um, you know, so is, is this, you know, so can I help with this? And in exchange, I get that, you know. So um, I, I think for me, it's, it's, really, it's really different by each individual. So I think people got to ask themselves in terms of where am I right now? Yes, I've just lost my job. Or yes, my business is shutting down. So what do I need? And then starting from there, then you start to solve from what you need. Um, and rather than saying, oh, I'm going to quickly do this, I'm going to quickly do that. And I, think, and I think also, to even correct myself, it's okay to quickly do something. So, I mean, there are a lot of people who jumped on the opportunity of making sanitizers and of making masks, right? And you know what? It's okay because you, it's, it's an, an opportunity that opened up 
and it was a gap in the market that needed to be closed and they were able to make money at that time and i think it's okay but i think sometimes we have to look at is is this a short-term opportunity or is this something that i'm going to be building long term and so i think you know whether it's COVID 19 and it's currently this current um um, circumstance that's making me close my close my business or whether I mean if you can just look before um, COVID-19 already our economy was in the shambles already a lot of jobs would be lost right so even then you know what were people thinking then were people looking critically at their employment at their work um, or in their businesses and saying is my business sustainable is my business bulletproof right? Is, is my business still providing um, the right services in the right way for the current market? So I don't want to sound insensitive, but if, if I look at the, all the magazine businesses that have shut down, it's not COVID-19 that's made them shut down. We've already seen that there's been a decline in magazine businesses, and that there should have been a concerted effort to shift online where possible and to be more relevant to the current ways of working. And that shift did not happen quickly enough. And so for those who waited too long to shift to digital and get their digital strategies right, were made to quickly shut down because of COVID-19. It's not COVID-19 that made them shut down. The same thing with Econ. Econ has been in trouble for a really long time. We've known that before COVID-19. What COVID-19 showed us is that they did not have enough cash in the cash flow, or maybe there were other fundamental business issues that had not been addressed. And then this happening exacerbated the issue, and hence they had to shut down quite quickly. So I think as well, we have to be quite critical and as well as either business owners or even as employees to say to ourselves, where was I already in my career journey? Where was I already as a business? And, you know, um, was I forced to shut down? Yes, and, and there's some businesses where it's, there was no choice, right? They may have been really healthy, right? But I think we, we need to take the time to rather than just move from one thing and quickly jump to the next, is to be critical and take the time to understand where we are or where we were and what direction we need to move to. Because I think it will also be a mistake to jump into business very quickly without taking the time to at least put together some sort of minimal viable product and do some sort of testing and, 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 right? Unless you're saying it's an opportunist. I'm an opportunist for now. I need to cover this gap. This is what I'll do for now as I work on building something that will be sustainable in the long run. I love that, Nokwazi. It's the whole aspect of are you, your talents, your skills, your products and services, are they titanium? <laughs> Judy Ditchfield says, surely as a coach, um, isn't to tell you how to run a restaurant a certain way, but rather to ask the right questions to get you to think broader and differently and get you to see 
in a new and dynamic way. And that is exactly what Zao was talking about, to push you to being the best. They don't have to be the person that has the skill set, that has a successful restaurant, but they they have them, and, and I, re, I rephrase that, not skill set, they have the skill set, but don't necessarily have the same business that needs to show success. It may be the case, um, but they have the ability to push you to what's next. And I like to use the analogy of when you go to gym, um, you do want to see a fit person in front of you, but it's the instruction that they give you to build up the best that you can be and stretch you to being the very best of what it is that you are working out to do. Um, the yeah. same on a sports field, if you're going to be a basketball player or if you're going to be a soccer player, the coach doesn't have to be a player, but they see the strategic game about what it is that you're trying to achieve, but also can see what yeah. they need stretch you for to being the very best. So great um, context positioning there for Judy uh, on, on sharing that. Lua Zaks comes in with the question, uh, what's the difference between coach and mentor? Irene um, has a question, how can one attempt to improve a coaching relationship which is turning out to be ineffective? Um, <laughs> Za, I'm gonna ask you to close that in very tightly in three minutes. Okay, so I'm gonna answer. The, I'm gonna answer some questions, and I'm gonna leave the one of the difference between a coach and a mentor to you, Leah, because we also want to hear your voice, and that is also a space that you play in, but we hardly ever get to hear about it. So just, um, just to to speak about uh, before I speak about how do you save a relationship that's 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 not going so okay? Maybe let me answer that first the first thing that you need to do is you you need to be open and honest with, with each other just like in any relationship where there's no honesty and where, where there's no communication the relationship is going to go south be a coach and a coachy um type of relationship as well if it's not working it's not working sit down and say this is not working for me because of a b c and d and you hear what they're saying from their side because if you're feeling that way maybe they're probably also feeling the same way but are also being polite to just carry 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 you along or whatever it is but the honest truth is you need to sit around the table and be open and honest and say this is my view this is how i see things i think this is now ineffective it is not working how do we either save the relationship if it's worth saving or how do we just cut our ties and move on and if the coach is is really a great coach they're not afraid to have those conversations they're not afraid to say you know what this is not working um I, I would maybe recommend you to somebody else who i think can help you at the level that you're at and the honest truth is that maybe the relationship did work when you were at a certain level but now you need something that's different or maybe somebody who is more experienced in a certain space don't think that if you had a coach at 23 it's going to be the same coach that you need at 45 if you had a coach when you had one restaurant it's going to be the same coach that you need when you have 10 restaurants so never ever be afraid to sit around the table and have those conversations and just to close up i just wanted to comment on um the what do i do now that i'm losing my job or my business is closed down what we need to understand guys is that everybody well not everybody but most people are going through a grieving process right now it is a grieving process for everybody be it individuals be it businesses and we need to look at it in that way I don't have time to go through the whole process of what a grieving process looks like. But you need to give yourself time. You need to give yourself time to grieve for you to be able to move on. Because I can promise 
to you now, if you move on with the same baggage that you have, you're not going to make a success of anything. You've got to ask yourself the three questions. Who am I? What am I passionate about? For you to find out what your what's next is. And there is, there is as I think, um, as Nakwazi said, there is no harm in having a parallel journey. You can do that while you still do something else. Because the truth is not most of us can afford to grieve without getting any money in, into our bank into our bank accounts. So it's while I'm grieving and while I'm looking for the next thing, while I'm discovering who I am and what I can do, what else is out there that can maybe give me a quick buck for me to be able to pay my bills, to pay my bond, to pay my car, for my family to be able to survive and put food on the table. And in everything that we got to do, we just got to remember that everybody's vulnerable. Every business is vulnerable. Everybody that we speak to is vulnerable. And we need to be people that show compassion, empathy, and patience in everything that we do. I'm going to hand over to you, Leah, to close and explain the difference between a mentor and a coach. Some awesome points there, Zah. Wow, thank you. Um, and I think that this session, and I love the whole concept of you matter and, and the opportunities when you come in, like I come in like seriously empty cup because I get excited about the things that you ladies are going to share. Some things that you think you knew or heard and, and then you hear it from somebody else and they say yeah. it and you're like, oh my goodness, that. You know, um, and, and even just cleaning up house on ideas like projects, because um, you think you've got it going, but that you should actually have a process in place. Otherwise, you lose control about what you're doing. About a mentor and about a coach. For me, I believe um, I'll start off with the whole coaching aspect. A coach, as Zah has put it very clearly, is somebody that definitely assists you to be the very best, that they can push you, that they can stretch you. Your coach is not your friend and your coach is not supposed to make it easy. Your coach is somebody that actually makes it really hard and checks out your blind spots and is able to get you to actually drive the strategic intent of why you have that coach. Whether that coach is a, a fitness coach, a sporting coach, a business coach, a I want to be better about myself as a human being in life. The right coach, you must understand why you're looking for a coach first and foremost, and then understand the expertise that the coach comes with. Ethically, as I put it, a coach should also know to say, that's not my field and that's not my subject matter expert, uh, expertise. And so I will recommend and pass you on to somebody that can achieve that for you, um, but also understands what they are squarely able to do and see the results. Uh, a great coach also is rewarded intrinsically by the very fact that they see the success that the individual they are coaching is actually achieving and is also able to put measurable capabilities in place. You can see the results. Um, and so uh, coaching is, is something that's a passion for a lot of people. Um, and so that's why we have such a variation of the different coaches that are out there. For mentor, I believe a mentor is somebody that has honed and has got specific talents, skills, and has shown success and reward in that particular aspect. It could be that I think, and, and, and a, a mentor is not necessarily the older they get or the more experience they have. A mentor is somebody that I believe is able to, to, to you know what you want from them and they're able to share it with you. They don't necessarily have a plan. They don't necessarily have to charge you. Uh, and I, I'm actually yet to hear of a mentor that 
um, has a package deal and saying there's a, a monetary exchange to it, but has got the ability to pass on and say, this is something that I experienced. They're able to pass the story and the, the expertise of what they experienced and saying, this is how I dealt with it. And it's not necessarily that because you have that mentor, that is exactly mirror for mirror what you take and then pass on to, oh, I'm gonna do it exactly that. It's the lessons behind that story. It's the lessons behind that experience that help you say, I am, I aspire to being that. Um, and I think mentors are not permanent. Mentors shift. You don't have to have, you have to have one coach because you can't have five coaches that are all uh, five business strategy coaches. That's just chaos and noise. But I can have five people that I believe are great in their business success or their business insights. And they are all mentors to me. Um, I could have a mentor that I think um, you know, the, the importance of life and just how they live their life is amazing and it's remarkable and I want to learn more. So a, a mentor is somebody that may not even know they're a mentor. They don't just go out there and say, hey, I'm going to be a mentor. Come pick me. Um, yeah. You could yeah. go out and find that and say, I love this about you. And so when you do approach individuals like that, don't say, so I want you to mentor me and then pause. No. Because I'd like to, I'd like you you to be my mentor, and these are the things that I'm hoping to learn from you. And that could be a vice versa relationship. Um, so it's a life yeah. experience, the learning, the journey, the story aspect, um, and and the reward comes in that. And so I don't think it sits in a box. I think it's stretched, it's wide, um, just like coaching would be. Um, but that was a great mm -hmm. question, Luo. Um, and, and mentors are incredible people out there. And there's so many of them. And we should all have mentors um, out there. I have yeah. lots and not so many coaches. So um, there you go. Yeah. People you aspire to be like. Yes. Yes, this was an incredible session. This was part two. Um, the ladies and I, we we thank you so much for dialing in, for joining in, yeah. uh, being with us this afternoon. Ah, Lebo Letsuayo has come in. Uh, and we're out of time, but I'll just take a look at what you've got for us there, Lebo. What happens when you find yourself in a coaching session with someone you struggle to connect with and relate with? Um, if you play this back, Lebo, you'll see that Za actually answered that. Irene had a similar question. But just to quickly summarize that for you, Lebo, it's call it. Call it. Uh, if, if it's not working, it's not working. A coach is not working. And that doesn't matter. It, it's not about being in corporate or an individual out there. If a coach doesn't have the right uh, chemistry, what you're setting yourselves up for is a disaster. Okay, yeah. The results coming out in there, the measurements don't work. And so it starts to be a, a really bad um, measurement. And, and that can also hinder the results that you're trying to achieve. So it's very important if the coach is not meeting expectation that you have an adult conflict uh, resolution or a crucial conversation and say this is not working and give the right feedback and that's why sometimes it's it's okay to switch and get a a, a different coach um, to assist you and like Zah said if the coach is mature will receive that as feedback and understand where they could improve where they could uh, do something different but it needs to be called so from the ladies, um, thank you. What an incredible two sessions that we've had. Uh, this was yeah. fun. Um, yeah. if you, I'm going to pass the, the 
back again all around, uh, starting off with Zav very quickly in a minute. If people are looking for you and need you to be the facilitator of change for individuals and for organizations, where do they find you and where, where, where can they connect with you? Okay, so you can email me and it's a very easy email. It's Zah, Z-A-A-R. I always tell people, remember, I'm more precious in the South African rand. So it's a Z-A-A-R at Zah, and my surname, M-A-B-U-T-O dot C-O dot Z-A. And also on my website, Zahmabuto dot C-O dot Z-A. I'm also on Facebook, Zahmabuto, or on Instagram, Zamab, you can find me there. And I look forward to engaging further with you guys. And I love these sessions, but they're always too short. For me, it's stay warm, stay safe, and be the best that you can be. Thanks, Za. Just before I go to um, Nokwazi, a couple comments coming in. Thank you from everybody. And we've got a shout out from Edgar Maconi. I've learned so much. The jobless topic is so relevant. Thank you. Thank you, Edgar. Uh, no quasi. If people are wanting a copy of your awesome book, let's start there, right? Where do they get this awesome copy? I've just got to flex a little bit. I have an autographed copy, guys. I didn't just buy mine. <laughs> uh, so where do they get a copy of your book? And uh, no quasi, I guess the question here is, um, it's not just a book in South Africa. I've had people internationally interested in your book. So how can they arrange for your book? And how do they get a hold of you and the services you offer if they want to get sound business ethics and modeling for their business? So um, people can email me at nogwazi. It's N-O-K-W-A-Z-I at M-A-T-O-Y-A-N-A. .co.za. So, nogwazi at matoyana.co.za. Um, I think also the easiest place is LinkedIn. So, please look for me on LinkedIn and um, drop me a message there. And I'm there almost every day to respond. Or you can go to our Matoyana Media page on Facebook. Um, so, that's where you can reach me. But I actually wanted to share some resources there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I was speaking about a podcast. Um, please check out Badass Agile. Uh, I know I'm shining light on someone else, but the thing is, is that it's a great podcast. It really makes you think as an Agile leader and how you can reapply it in your business and also even in your workplace. Um, so that's a great tool to look at. I know I spoke about the business models. So if I were you to look at the business model navigator, um, or go look at the business model canvas. They're also really, really great tools. I think for me, these are more than just tools. These are resources that have helped me in my business and have helped other people in their businesses. So they're worth investing in. And um, for my book, it's available on matoyana.co.za. And it's also available as an ebook on, um, on Amazon and also Snaplify. Um, but if they go into our website, we, we actually do share where it is downloadable as an ebook. Oh, wow, incredible. Thank you, Melkwazi. Thank you for um, uh, the tools that you've also given us um, as options for there. Um, that's incredible. Playback if you needed to just hear what that was again. Um, and I also need to just mention stay safe and stay um, relevant out there in terms of the numbers are just escalating if you're in South Africa. Yeah. COVID-19. And if you need masks, please contact Zaz, who makes the most incredible cloth. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> she's a entrepreneur in that aspect and that's a project she's running on the side but incredible masks she actually also gets them delivered to you she's got them at 40 rands a pop and she can also uh, make them bulk orders so i just had to pitch in and sell that for you i think that's ah, girl thank you so much yeah and as you said that's my little project there <laughs> yeah. and i also you can get hold of me on linkedin as well so linkedin i'm also there thank you thank you nokwazi for reminding me of that and guys, it's been awesome. And I look forward to the next one. Fantastic. So if you want to get hold of me, I am on every single social media platform you can think of. The rest, Anchor for podcasts, YouTube for live and, and interviews that are beautiful as this one. You can get me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and there's a couple more. But on every page, if you look down, scroll down to where I say link in bio, wherever there's a website, there is a link to all my links. Um, and then, of course, there's WhatsApp if you want to reach out directly to me. Um, and I look forward to the connect. I have live sessions on Instagram every Thursday. So look out for that. Those are more drilled in, more specific. Um, and we thank you so much for connecting with us and dialing in and sharing your thoughts, sharing your views and the support that you've given us um, doing this awesome um, experiment. So thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate the support. So thank I'm going to dial out, everybody. Bye. Stay yeah. safe. Yeah.